You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today is somewhat of a special, sad and depressing kind of day, but very special because it's officially the day that uh, Mike McCarthy was fired. And it's kind of an extra special kind of thing because I was trying to figure out how to do this because I technically had two podcasts recorded. And it was a weird thing because I pre-recorded the day, right? The Monday podcast was pre-recorded. And then they fired Mike McCarthy, so I did a breaking news podcast. So I released, I recorded and released that. So the second podcast I recorded was actually the first one that was released. So the Monday morning podcast didn't say anything about Mike McCarthy getting fired because I didn't know at the time. Pretty sure that's how that worked. So what I want to do, what I decided to do was just add both of them. And the breaking news thing is just four minutes. So it's the original podcast, and again, this is Monday's podcast, the day after we lost to the Cardinals. I did not know about Mike McCarthy getting fired yet. Then at the conclusion of that, there is a short four-minute breaking news podcast talking about Mike McCarthy getting fired. So it's it's a historic day, and it's kind of a special day because there's a two-for-one deal. But um, yeah, very, very depressing kind of a day. And it was it's one of the fun ones. Every once in a while, I do something kind of goofy or whatever, and if very rare couple of times I've added music, and those are always my favorite episodes. Um, the Martellus Bennett episode, to this day, if you were to ask me my favorite one, that would probably be it. But uh, I got to put a little Frank Zappa in this one, which I thought was kind of funny. doesn't even fit that well. I just wanted to use it. But anyways, we'll take our break, and we'll get to it. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, and I've been trying to find a song that sort of encapsulates my feeling of the Green Bay Packers in the 2018 season and only one thing really came to mind. Just so happens to be this very song, and I do, in fact, hope you very much enjoy it. Maybe you should stay with your mama. She could do your laundry and cook for you. Maybe you should stay with your mama. 
really kind of stupid and ugly too. Well, maybe you should stay with your mama. She could do your laundry and cook for you. Maybe you should stay with your mama. You're really kind of stupid and ugly too. Maybe so, all right, let's just talk about it. I do hope you enjoyed some uh, Frank Zappa, by the way. Made me chuckle, if not you. Uh, you know what? What am I supposed to do? I can't enjoy my time. What else, do I, what else do I have to look forward to other than let's find a fun song to play along with for the podcast? By the way, I am your host and resident fanalist. As always, Ryan Schlipp. blah de blah de blah de blah So basically, there were three possible scenarios for today. I'm recording right after the game. I'm not going to publish this till tomorrow. You, you can figure out the time warp on your own. The one scenario is we beat the Cardinals handily. And then we start to think, all right, maybe this is the case. And everything I said yesterday was absolutely correct. It is entirely possible, and we don't have to look back several years to what we did in 2016, 2014, 1984, whatever. We don't have to look back then. We can look to right now, teams that are doing it right now, teams that were out on their you-know-what. They don't have any chance whatsoever. Their their quarterback is about to get shipped off. Their coach is about to get shipped off. It's game over, and suddenly they're right back in it. That was absolutely on the table and available for the Green Bay Packers. The other good scenario, and I, I know some people are a little raw, but just bear with me, the other good scenario is we lose this game. Because the only other scenario is the third scenario in which we play terribly and demonstrate that we are incapable of doing anything other than maybe beating the Cardinals and on a good day the Raiders but still winning and hurting our draft stock. And I know some fans just hate that beyond anything else. But we... we, we, Listen, again, we, we have... There's more than one thing taking place at a time. If we win the game, that's great but it does hurt us in the future. Maybe even even a tiny bit, that's fine, but you got to understand, if we win this game narrowly, if we would have barely squeaked out a win, that would have been the worst-case scenario. We didn't win, that was the second-best scenario. The first-best would have been we just dominate this team, and it's like, oh, man, maybe we are a playoff team. Maybe we can get in. Maybe we can win a Super Bowl. It did not take very long to realize that was not in the cards for this team. And everything I had been saying leading up to Positivity Sunday, more or less, was true. They were kind of just cashing it in. The GM, I think, has been cashing it in. The, the team as a whole is kind of not, not saying the players don't want to win. I, I think you can watch Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conferences. He, he, of course he had every intention of winning this game. He tried as best as he could to win this game. But I, I just think they kind of cashed it in. But that's okay because, listen, it, it, what I had said is, What's most likely going to happen is we're going to beat most of these easy teams and we're going to lose to the Bears and we're not going to make the playoffs. And that is absolutely the worst case scenario. The only two good scenarios are the most improbable. The, 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 the absolute most improbable solution is we lose to the Cardinals and everybody else because there's no way we're going to lose to the Cardinals. They're that bad. The second most improbable was we win out which is very likely the only team that we weren't probably favorited in, favorited in was the Bears. But, but now we're staring directly at one of the two really good scenarios being very likely. No, we're not going to be in the playoffs. No, we're not going to beat the Bears. And it doesn't matter because the second best scenario is we lose to everybody. And, and, and probably, worst case, we pick eighth. 
considering the way things are laid out today, we, we could actually be higher than eighth. We'll have to look into it, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, and we'll do a deeper dive tomorrow. Well, eh, I guess it would be the next day, because tomorrow for me is today for you, so whatever. I will do a deeper dive on Monday, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. Does that sound all right? But that, that really is what I want to hammer home, because a lot of people, and it's kind of 50-50. I think some people have kind of just shut off emotionally and are kind of where I'm at, where it's like, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to 2019. Let's move on to 2020, because I'm there now. Now, to be completely honest, as much as I looked at this and I wanted to just be excited and I wanted to be like, yeah, all right, cool, one of the good things happened, because logically, it makes sense, right? Mentally, this is a good thing. Mathematically, as a business decision, this makes sense. But as a Packers fan, it's it's hard, man. It was hard to watch that happen. It was hard to watch Crosby officially lose the game on top of everybody else losing the, the game beforehand. It was weird because intellectually I knew that this was the best this was the best thing that could have happened. Crosby missing that field goal had to happen, but it still hurt. It was hard to watch. And um I I really think I watched uh, Rogers pre- press conference after the game. It was very 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 good. And um, hopefully I'll be able to pull that up tomorrow for, you know, whatever, tomorrow, Tuesday's podcast. But, um, you know, it, it seems as though a lot of the bravado and all that has kind of gone by the wayside. He understands fully what the situation is. Actually, one of the more interesting things was if you have an opportunity to go watch it or rewatch it, go look at his reaction when the question was asked very poignantly. And I, I, I really can't give any guff to the Green Bay press corps for, for giving softballs because they just don't. The question was asked to Aaron Rodgers, if Mike McCarthy gets fired, how much responsibility does this offense bear? Which is just an absolute gut punch. But go look at his response. As soon as he hears that question, his head gets buried so deep into that podium, his head just dropped. His whole countenance just dropped. I, I refuse to believe this is a guy who tanked to try to get McCarthy fired. I think in that moment, as much as he knew it all along, he knew officially the man that he had had played football with his entire career, Mike McCarthy, was officially going to be fired. And beyond that, he knew that he was partly responsible for Mike McCarthy getting fired. And he said as much. But it, it, it looked as though somebody just punched him right in the stomach as soon as somebody asked that question. And, and that's kind of what I mean by this is hard. Because it is. It, it, it's a growing pain. This had to happen. Mike McCarthy has to go. This team needed to lose. We need a new coach. We need a bunch of new coaches. Zook needs to get as far away from Wisconsin as is possible. We should start a GoFundMe to ship him off to Asia somewhere. Somewhere in the smack dab in the middle of China. Australia. I don't know. Let him be comfortable. We'll, We'll raise a ton of money. He can raise his whole family in a beautiful home with all kinds of stuff. I just want him as far away from us as you could possibly be because this has been a disaster. He is horrible. But it's it's painful, but it has to happen. The coaching staff has got to go bye-bye. I think we, we need to recognize the need for better players, and we need an opportunity for better players, which is why losing out is a good thing. We're going to get better players, and again, for the billionth time, it's not just that we're going to get a, a guy in the first round that's better. We're going to get a better second round, third round, fourth round, sixth, sixth seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever. We're going to get better players in every single round, every game we lose. And again, again, not only that, but every pick weighs heavier so if we decide we're going to trade up we're already higher and our you know let's say we're talking about a second round pick we want to move up if we trade up a third round to move up in the second round we're basically in the first round that's the difference between 
winning today and getting all the way to the playoffs and losing, where we would be picking 25th. And if we tried to trade a third to move up in the second, we move up to the end of the second. Compared to now, if we move up in the second, we're basically in the first round. We have a great opportunity to come back and just win. But, but but there needs to be change, and the and the change has to be painful, not just for the team, but the but the fans as well. And I, I got chastised and scolded. How dare you root against the Packers? How dare you do this, that, or the other? Listen, this is the pain we all have to go through. And when I saw Mason Crosby miss, it hurt me. It hurt you. It hurt Crosby. It hurt Rogers. It hurt McCarthy. This is a this is a terrible thing. But it absolutely has to happen. Winning and barely getting into the playoffs doesn't do us any good in the long run. We had an unbelievable run for my entire lifetime. Literally, my entire lifetime, the Packers have been good with a couple little blips in between. If we don't fix this now, we're headed toward a very dark era that I have never in my life experienced, at least as long as I can remember. I know when I was very, very little in the 80s, they were not very good. I don't remember it. My earliest memories are Brett Favre. I mean, I, I have some vague memories when I was four or five of the Packers, but I don't, I, don't, I don't remember who the quarterback was or what they were doing. I was still learning football at that time. Brett Favre was my first quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was my second. Winning is all I know. If Brian Gutekunst is going to come in and give me another 10 years of success, this has to happen. There has to be a painful process to go through. Painful for everybody, including the fans that want to kick and scream and spit in my face and say I'm a terrible fan for rooting against us. Fine, I'll take it. I don't care. This had to happen. We needed to lose this game. I was rooting for them, but as soon as about halftime I realized this is a garbage football team who can't even beat literally the worst team in the NFL. Worst offensive team, defensive team, worst team in just about every category. And and this isn't this isn't NFL with the Jets and and the Giants and the Raiders. And even among those teams, the Cardinals stand alone and we could not beat them. You understand, the Oakland Raiders finally won a game and it was against the Cardinals and we all laughed at the Raiders because they celebrated beating the Cardinals because how dumb are you for thinking it's actually an accomplishment to beat the Cardinals, you bunch of dummies. It's the Cardinals. We lost to that team. Beating them by three points, if we would have made that field goal and tied them and somehow won in overtime by kicking another field goal, that would have been the worst case scenario. We don't need this win. It doesn't benefit us anything other than feeling good today to be able to go, yay, I'm happy. It does nothing else for us. It doesn't help Rodgers. It doesn't help McCarthy keep his job. It doesn't help anybody do anything. So why are you mad at me? What is the problem? What's holding you up? You tell me what the benefit of barely squeaking out a win against the Cardinals would have been. Can you tell me what the benefit of that would have been? Best case scenario, what happens? I'll wait. I'm right here. Tell me the best case scenario. Then what? We lose to everybody else, and what? Well, I got to feel good for a day. Again, and I... And, and I I'm not trying to get into fights with Packer fans. I understand you're passionate because you love the Packers, but so am I. I'm just telling you that your focus is on, I want to feel good about the Packers today. I want to root for the Packers today. My focus is, is on, it, it, it's a business decision. That's what it is. It's a business decision. 
If, if, if this was a business being run, there is not a, a CEO worth his salt. If, if, if it was just a matter of making decisions, that would have said, we should win today, not one. By halftime, 1,000 CEOs out of 1,000 would have said, I choose to lose today. Because that is the smart business decision. And don't give me any of this nonsense about, well, what about the attitude? People are going to feel bad. Yeah, you know what happens if we win the game? Everybody still feels like trash. Because you barely beat the Cardinals and you're going to lose out the rest of the season and you're going to feel like absolute garbage. At some point, regardless of whether we won or lost this game, everybody on the Green Bay Packers staff and all the players have to find a, have to find a way to dig deep within and rally. Go watch Aaron Rodgers' press conference after the game because I loved it. Because he made an absolute great point, and that is, this is where character matters. At, at this point, this is where you have some people starting to think about the offseason. And you know what? Some of those guys get hurt because their preparation isn't quite there. blah 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 Point is, as a leader, Aaron Rodgers needs to be a guy at this point that goes into the locker room and tells people to galvanize. And he even went on to say he's excited about the future. He said exactly what I've been saying, and he can't say it when they're when they're on a win streak or when they're when they're still in, in, in there's still a possibility of getting into the playoffs. He can't say that. But today he said it. Things are not good, but he's excited about his squad and he's excited about the future, and he's a hundred percent right. We should all be excited about the future, and we need to be focused on the future. We need to be focused on 2019 and beyond, and we do that starting today by losing to the Cardinals and losing out the rest of the season and getting that man some weapons because this was an absolute joke, not because Rodgers is trash, even though a couple of those passes were pretty bad. He needs better wide receivers. We need better tight ends. We need better offensive line. We need a better defense. Can we get all that in 2019? I don't know. Things change. Some guys rise up. Some guys fall off. Point is, we need better. We need better players. We're going to get a bunch of better players next year, and we should be excited about that, and we're going to be talking about it, and we're going to get jacked up about this process because, you know what, we're not at the top of the mountain anymore. We're not there. We can't just go, yay, we're the greatest, and that's a good thing. We should embrace that once in a while. So what? So, so so, we're not just at the top, because you know what happens when you're at the top? You just expect to win all the time. And if you don't win, you pout. How about we, we, how about we do this? We're a middling team, we're a subpar team, but we're going to climb and we're going to grind, and for the next, I don't know, nine months or whatever it is, we're going to embrace the grind. We're going to embrace the climb. We're going to root for 2019. We're going to come back in 2019 and dominate the NFL. And if we don't, guess what happens? 2020... Never going to see a game like this. Never going to see a team like this in your entire life. And I'm not just blowing smoke. You know I wouldn't blow smoke. I just got chastised on Twitter for I don't know how long. I've been getting smacked around all time, all for how many weeks now, saying that winning and losing, kind of a blurred line as far as what's good and what's bad. Some people don't like that. I don't care. I told you today, yesterday for you, that the Packers have a very good chance of winning, and they have if they win and win convincingly, they have a good chance of getting into the playoffs. And who's to say they can't win the Super Bowl? I said it because I believed it. Because it was possible because it was. I'm telling you right now I have confidence in 2019 because everything is there for us. Whether or not they're actually going to grab the bull by the horns and make something out of it, I don't know. 
but looking at it logically, looking at it realistically, not emotionally, realistically. This is a this is a football team that has more than enough, enough capability with the core players they have. Again, remember several days ago we went through a process. What did we say? What are the most important positions in football, and do we have those positions? Do we have a quarterback? Yes, we do. Do we have a, a, a number one cornerback? Yes, we do. Do we have a number one wide receiver? Yes, we do. We have a lot of those positions. If we can get a number one cor- uh, edge rusher, which which, oh, what do you know, one of the best edge rusher classes in the known universe, then we have a really good football team. Beyond that, we what else is important? A number two edge rusher and a defensive tackle are about the next two best things. And, oh, yeah, we're stacked at those positions in the draft. I'm not, I'm not being silly. I'm not just being overly optimistic. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just talking for the man. I'm not getting paid off by the Packers to say this. I'm telling you logically it makes sense. Now, certain things have to happen. We have to hit on a, on a coach. We need Aaron Rodgers to actually sort of kind of wake up a little bit, get excited, you know, whatever. Certain things have to happen, but we're not far off right now. If we can just hit on a couple pieces, we could be right back on top. And you know how you get pieces? You get pieces in the draft. You get pieces. It's, it's not free agency. I know free agency can help. But you don't win just by free agency. Look at teams that draft poorly, they're failures. Look at teams that draft well, they're successes. The Chiefs, what are they doing? They drafted really well. There's no question. They traded up to get Pat Mahomes. And as soon as they did it, I said, you know what? This guy's going to be good. Because I had respect for John Dorsey and what he had done for the Chiefs. Just like I have respect for him getting getting, uh, Baker Mayfield, who seems to be a pretty good quarterback. Again, I, I hate to keep picking on them, but the Seahawks, they kept drafting poorly, and their team is kind of slowly dwindling. The Packers started trade, starting drafting poorly. The team started dwindling. The, the free agency is a supplement, and I think going all in in free agency makes sense if you're, if you're very close. I think the Jaguars' mistake is that they didn't have their quarterback yet. They went all in. They were very close, but they were just shy, and they were shy by about 10% of quarterback play. If their quarterback was 10% better, they won a Super Bowl, hands down. Their quarterback was garbage. The Eagles went all in. They had the quarterback. Now, the quarterback got hurt, but they had another one that was able to step in and freakishly play very, very well. It was kind of a fluke, but it worked. The Rams and Saints are both pushing all in. But you know what? It's not because they pushed in in free agency that they're getting to where they're getting. It's because they, they through the draft, have gotten a good core of people. right? They, they, the Rams got their quarterback in the draft. They got their running back in the draft. They got a lot of their core pieces in the draft. They went in free agency to round out who they have. right? They, they got Indomitian and Sue was another piece. They, they got uh, Cooks, who's a piece. But everybody that they have, Aaron Donald, was a draft piece. Years of bad play gave them a lot of elite pieces. And right at the right time when they're close, you go to free agency and you push in. Which is why I'm saying, I think the Packers are one, maybe two years away from that. One good draft, we'll see how it goes, we'll maybe push a little bit. If nothing in 2019 and 2020, we build up one more time and we we have everything. You know... People talk about Aaron Rodgers not being this or that or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's nonsense. He's struggling for a variety of reasons, but, but Goff is not Rodgers. If you put Aaron Rodgers on the, uh, on, the, on the Rams or on the Chiefs or any of these teams, it would be explosive. Why don't we try to build that through the draft? When we get close enough, we'll push in free agency, and we will just build those teams, and we will go get a super—I believe— 
I'm telling you right now, I believe within the next three years we will have a Super Bowl. I genuinely believe that. Partly because we have the quarterback and we have all of our talent is young. The talent that we love and believe in are young and they're not going anywhere. We also have a a very good draft coming up. We have two first-round draft picks, plus we're going to be drafting high. And we have a, a GM that I genuinely believe in is not only a very good drafter, but is somebody who's willing and able to push in. And our salary cap is going very well. We got money. So, I, I, listen, I've been saying this all year. So it's not like I'm just making this up like, oh, things are bad. I better come up with a positive spin. I've been saying this literally since probably before the bye week. I feel like this is a team in a mini rebuild. They have an opportunity maybe to squeeze it out, but it's just not in the cards, man. The the the, the roster isn't where it needs to be and Mike McCarthy is beyond problematic. He is worse. He he is a a massive hindrance to this team. So fine. Last year was similar. Losing Aaron Rodgers as much as it hurt like I just talked about, it's painful, but it was necessary. Look what happened. Ted Thompson moved aside, and we got Gutekunst, and that is a very, very, very good thing. Dom Capers got fired. Mike Pettin came in, and I believe that is a very, very, very good thing. I know a lot of people weren't super thrilled with the performance today. I, I didn't really hate it. Could have been better, but I, I, I don't care so much. I think that the body of work of the, over the course of the season, based on the level of talent, which is not all that great, Zero pass rushers anywhere, one corner, no safeties, no edge rushers, one defensive tackle, mediocre linebacker group. I'm more than content with what Mike Mike Pettin has been able to do coming into this Packers team. Let's go get Aaron Rodgers some weapons. Let's go get Mike Pettin some weapons. Let's go win some football games. And I think Gutekunst is going gonna, is gonna to kind of weigh his options. I think he's been very smart, by the way. I think he gave some weapons this year to kind of give us a chance to see what we could do. It didn't work out, and as I said, he shut the season down. He started shipping people off. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, goodbye. I mean, that that's what it was. Ha ha said some stuff. I don't really know my place. He's been he's been r- rambling about that nonsense since the beginning of the year. So he booted him, and any excuse he has to shut people down, he did it. I think he's going to do a good job of gauging what we're at next year. If he believes we're there, we're going to push in. And that, that, that is what I like about Gutekunst. For, well, there's two reasons I like him. One, I think he's better at drafting than Ted Thompson, especially in the early rounds. Ted Thompson had a knack for the late rounds because that's where he put his effort. And I don't think we put a much enough emphasis on that when we talk about it. We talk as though he was, like, lucky in the fourth round. He put his emphasis in the late rounds. He never interviewed early round guys. What, you, you only get so many visits and, and workouts. He wanted to get the seventh-round guys. He wanted to find the late-round studs. He figured they, they, you know, film study and all that, we could figure out first-round guys. Gutekunst comes in, and all of a sudden you're hearing big names coming into Lambeau. You never used to hear that. He wants to make sure we hit on early-round prospects. So I, I, I genuinely believe Brian Gutekunst is better in the draft than Ted Thompson was. You know, I, you know I'm not going to get into, you know, Ted Thompson in his best year against Gutekunst, whatever. At this point in time, Gutekunst is very, very good in the draft, and I'm very happy he's our GM. But beyond that, he is what Ted Thompson never was, and that is aggressive. And we need that, because the fact of the matter is there were years. If you look at 2011, that was a year where we were, I mean, goodness gracious, you want to talk about a a team that could just blow the socks off anybody. It's like the 2018 Chiefs. 
We needed a GM that was going to say, let's just buy up whatever defensive tack, <laughs> defensive players we can find and push in and make sure we get a Super Bowl out of this year. Ted Thompson didn't want to play that game. That's not his game. I think Brian Gutekunst is that guy. He understands that there is a time at which you push in your chips. I think he's going to evaluate the year, and I think he's going to do it. And I, I'm actually very happy that he, he shut the year down because it demonstrates to me that he is going to make that decision at the right time because pushing in your chips prematurely like a lot of fans would do is going to cripple your future. Because, again, a lot of times when you make a decision, it has two impacts, today and tomorrow. If you push in for today, you hurt tomorrow. If you are on the cusp of a Super Bowl, but you just need one real good edge rusher, one real good safety, whatever it is you need, and you push in and you get that guy and you try to get that Super Bowl, you're willing to hurt the future a little bit. Pushing in when you don't have a chance, like a lot of fans would like to do, at the detriment of your future is is silly. But it's also silly to not push in when you genuinely have a chance. And I think Gutekunst genuinely has that balance. I, I you know... Don't have a ton to go on, but everything that I've seen so far makes a lot of sense. Again, he, 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 I don't want to go in circles here, but the, the draft was great. We signed a bunch of key pieces. You know, what do we need on defense? We, we got a defensive tackle to help with the run defense, which once we lost Muhammad Wilkerson, the run defense was struggling. We got Jimmy Graham because Mike McCarthy says he swears up and down. That's what we need. So we went out and got the best one he could find, and we paid that money for him. He did what he needed to do to say, okay, go prove to me you can win this thing. And as soon as it became evident that we weren't going to win this thing, he just shut it down. He started shipping people off. When it came time for the trade deadline, he traded away everybody he could get any value for. And good for him for doing it because that's the right thing to do. You're not going to be on this team next year, and I'm not Ted Thompson, which means I'm not going to play the compensatory pick game because, again, that game basically means if you lose in free agency, you get some value back. Why would you want to play that? Why? why? That's so ridiculous. But, again, Gutekunst doesn't play that game. Good for him. If you can get value today, get it. But, anyways, that's enough of a sales pitch. We can talk a lot about 2019 and beyond. Um, in the near future, but again, for the 70 billionth time, there is plenty to be excited about for the future, but 2018 just isn't it, man. It just isn't, and I I actually think in a lot of ways we exceeded expectations. Um, the, the team is just depleted, and it, it's, you know, the, the biggest hope for me is that Aaron Rodgers is correct and able to be a leader and go to his team and say, you know, stay strong. You know, stay upbeat, stay excited. We, we've got this. Because it is true that people kind of get down and say, oh, this stinks and blah, 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 blah. He needs to be the leader that tells this team we're close and get them to believe it. Devontae Adams came out and said, I'm the best wide receiver in the NFL. And unfortunately, today was horrible. And as I said, all eyes are on Devontae. Like, okay, let's see what this guy's about. And of course, one of his few terrible drops of the season came today demoralizing is what it was but my, my biggest hope is we get through this season and the guys that are here that are very very good the the, the Devontes, the Bakhtiaris, the Jairs, the Rogers is all these guys they understand they're very important pivotal pieces they're very good football players and they are going to help this team get it get a get a championship win and, and it's not just on Rodgers it's on Rodgers. It's it's on all the guys that are on top, the veterans, to demonstrate that to the team. It's on. It's beyond that. It's it's on the new coaching staff, the old coaching staff. Mike Pettin himself needs to be a leader and demonstrate to his team that. And and be honest. 
Because part of being honest is saying, listen, we had a lot of dead weight. We're going to get rid of the dead weight. We're going to come back. But you, Jair, you, Kenny Clark, you, whoever, are going to be a part of the future because you are an absolute freak. But we're, we're a little lacking in talent. Guys like Brian Gutekunst, Brian, guys like uh, Mike, Mark Murphy, these guys legitimately have to demonstrate that to the team and, and, and verbalize that to the team. Whatever it takes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even kidding. If, if, if it takes Brian Gutekunst calling Jair into his office and just having to sit, what does it take, 10 minutes to sit down with one of your football players and just say, I just want you to understand this was a rough year. I hope you understand we're in a rebuild. And I, you know, that wasn't clear on the outset. I was hoping we could pull it out. We're in a rebuild. We need a new head coach. But I want you to understand how incredibly I am impressed I am and proud I am that my first pick was you. And um, you, you are going to be a Green Bay Packer and, and a legend in this town and, and one of the most historic places, franchises in history. You will be known as one of the greats. And I am so proud that I made the pick to draft you. And I will do everything in my power to make sure that the people coming in here are going to help support you, support Petten, support the guys around you, and we will, you have my word, right here today, we will have a Super Bowl in your tenure here, and I would be willing to bet it's going to happen sooner than later. And you shake his hand, and you send him off, and you call in the next guy. How hard is that? Seriously, that, that wouldn't get you excited? That wouldn't get you ready to go? Don't give up on the season. I'm not saying any of that stuff, but just, just listen to me when I tell you. This, this is a very good team that needs to make a couple tweaks. We're in a rebuild year. This happens to football teams, but you are special. You and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and David Bakhtiari, you guys are special, and I am going to do everything in my power to supplement and make sure that we have the right talent we need as far as a head coach, as far as wide receivers and tight ends, blah, 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 blah. Everything we need is going to be supplied to you to make sure that your talents are recognized ultimately by hoisting a Lombardi trophy and bringing it home, and it will be on your shoulders, and I will see to it that you get to hold a trophy. It may seem outlandish, but if I'm a GM, I am giving that speech to every single player that is going to be pivotal on this team, including guys like Josh Jackson and Josh Jones. I know Josh Jones hasn't been great. I'm going to call him in. I want to talk to him man-to-man because I like Josh Jones. I'm sure he's, he's quaking his boots because he's a Ted Thompson pick that hasn't been panning out. But listen, if I'm, if I'm the guy, I'm going to talk to him anyways. If I'm Gutekunst, I'm going to talk to him anyways and say, listen to me, you have unique potential. I, I genuinely believe in you, and I, I hope that I have your confidence that I'm going to make sure that this team is, is what you need it to be. And I want you to know, regardless of what you see on Twitter, because he gets all sensitive about it, you see his tweets and stuff, you know, you, you got to play to people's personalities. He gets pretty sensitive, but he's also very emotional. I got excited when he made that sack, and he's hugging Aaron Rodgers and everything else. I like Josh Jones. I genuinely do. Play to his personality. I want you to know that you have my trust, even if that's a lie. And he's on the verge of getting cut. You have my confidence. I want you to know that I trust you, and I believe in you, and we are going to do this, and you are going to help us get a Super Bowl championship. I just want you to be able to be you. You made a very valiant effort and, and a huge step in your second year, and I believe you're going to do it again next year, and I'm very excited to see your growth. Goodbye, send in the next guy. Again, it might seem weird, but how in the world is that not automatic? And, and that's, 
that's Mark Murphy, that's 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 everybody. Everybody in a in a leadership position should be doing everything they can to meet with every single person they can to make these conversations happen because they're crucially important. What are, what are you so busy doing? Like this isn't your entire life. How many guys are there that you need to have a conversation with? Why would this be so hard to do? I genuinely hope it happens. And I hope it happens regularly. Like, you know, Kenny Clark, after a bad game, coming up and just being like, dude, you are, dude, you are um, unbelievable. I can't wait to see what you do next year. Oh, wait till I, wait till, I can't wait to see what you do when I, when, when, after 2019, when I put a guy to your left and to your right, and when we get some edge rush guys, oh, I can't wait to see how you just tear this league up. Simple stuff. That What did that take me? 15 seconds to say that? High five. Go back to my office. Anyways, I think you understand my point. Let, let's very quickly pivot to our current draft standings. So I want to, first of all, I need to look at what's going on in the NFL because some really good things happened. But there's also games going on right now. You obviously know the solutions to these games, but I don't because it's uh, 4.55 in the afternoon. So I'm just going to walk through this. Um, some of the live games. Oakland... This is such a weird week, it's insane. The Oakland Raiders are nine points behind Kansas City, which, I mean, Kansas City's probably going to win, but what in the world is going on? How does Kansas City not have a 40-point lead on Oakland? Anyways, obviously, Oakland winning that game would just be just a... I, I, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. The Jets are beating Tennessee 19-6. to What in the world? You want to talk about awesome... Yes, that would be huge. Uh, New England is barely beating Minnesota, and these are, this is third, oh, again, you already know the solution, so I'm not going to act like, anyways, Seattle's beating the brakes off San Francisco, that's to be expected, looking at some of the finals, Baltimore beat Atlanta, not super surprising, Denver beat Cincinnati, that is, uh, that's a really good outcome, that puts them at 5-7, and seven, and with us losing, we're 4-7-1, and one, so that puts them ahead of us, we're, right now, by the way, we are picking 10th, and things are only going to get better from here. So that was a very good uh, solution. Uh, the Rams beat Detroit, obviously. Detroit is currently picking sixth, but, I mean, that's that's as tough of a game as it gets. They're only a half a game, I guess, ahead of us, if you want to call it that. Definitely some opportunities to get ahead of Detroit. That, let me just put it this way real quick, because this is, this is kind of crazy. There are only two two-win teams, the San Francisco 49ers, who lost, and the Oakland Raiders, who are losing, but have an outside chance of beating the Chiefs. Probably won't, but uh, I need to go watch that game. Outside of that, we have three and four win teams, and the Packers are one of the four win teams. Oh my goodness! I mean, it, just 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 a couple days ago, I said eight is pretty close to as good as it's going to get. This is ridiculous. Let's continue. The Packers lost, obviously, which means uh, helps us in the draft. Not only because we lost, but the Cardinals won, so that's good for us. Houston won doesn't really help us but Cleveland is still we're tied with Cleveland and because of strength of schedule especially now that we lost to Arizona we are still ahead of them Indianapolis lost to Jacksonville this one blows my mind I I I had to check it like nine times to see if this was the final Indianapolis did not score one point I don't know if Andrew Luck got hurt or what's going on that's insane Jacksonville scored six points and won we're drafting ninth the Jaguars are drafting 10th. That's backwards. I said it backwards. 
but I, I the the emphasis was so strong. I don't want I don't want to backtrack. I want to hang with it. We're drafting tenth. They're drafting ninth. They beat the call. That what? That that is insane. Just 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 before I get back to it, the Jaguars beat the Colts. If they can beat the Colts, they can beat anybody. So we might be ahead of the Colts. The Giants beat the Bears. I didn't get there yet, but they did. The Detroit Lions can beat a lot of teams, including us. We could be ahead of them. The Atlanta Falcons, 4-8. and eight. If they beat us, we're behind them. I mean, I, I, at this point, it's not that far-fetched that we're drafting in the top five. I, I'm trying not to get super crazy excited, but I'm a little super crazy excited. Miami won, which, you know... Would have preferred they lost, but that's fine. They're, they're well outside of our range now. That's great. Hopefully Buffalo can find a way to win a game somewhere. The Giants beat the Bears. <laughs> it's funny because we lost to a garbage team, and it helps us. The Bears lost to a garbage team, and it just reiterates what we already know, that they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. So you are going to be garbage in the playoffs and you're stuck with that terrible quarterback, even though that's not the guy that lost you this game, but he's really just about as bad as your normal quarterback, and your defense gave up 30 points to the Giants because you're trash. Oh, I'm so excited. And you're going to get a late-round draft pick. Raiders, stick it in your eye socket. You gave away your Khalil Mack to the Bears thinking they were going to draft higher, and you failed because you're dumb. It's hard to be like real trash talky and also watch your mouth for the children. It's not the easiest thing. Tampa Bay beat Carolina. <laughs> I I kind of love today, man. So Tampa Bay, which is one of the teams that was not so so again, when I did the simulation, there were several teams. It's like, well, we're just we're not going to draft before them because they're not going to win any games. Tampa Bay was one of those teams. They already won. So, we're already drafting ahead of Tampa Bay. There you go. So I'm going to rerun the simulation. We're going to see where we're at. But man, oh man, if Oakland could win, I mean, it just it, it, it would be near impossible. But to beat the Chiefs would just be incredible. Because again, if they can beat the Chiefs, I mean, not again, but like some, several other teams, if you can beat the Chiefs, you can beat anybody. And I want these teams to beat anybody. The Jets are winning. Please, 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 please win. If the Jets win, they're 4-8. and eight. They have four wins like we do. <laughs> oh, please. So anyways, I, you know, say what I have to say. That's it. That's all I got. I'm going to go watch some football and cheer on the Jets and the Raiders because life is just weird today. And um, I hope you folks enjoy your day, which is Monday. I will talk to you Tuesday, which seems rid- it makes me sad because it's like Tuesday is like two days away. But I'll talk to you Tuesday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Talk to you later. Uh, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is not the official podcast, if you couldn't tell, and I've never really done this before, but um, I've already pre-recorded the podcast for tomorrow, and that will be released tomorrow, but uh, breaking news, Mike McCarthy has just been fired, and Mike Philbin is officially our interim head coach, so 
Um, you know, I mean, I, I can't wait to, to break this on until Tuesday morning. Um, so I'm going to do what something I've been thinking about for a long time, which is, I guess we can call it a micro podcast. Um, anyways, uh, that's pretty nuts, man. And, um, it's, it's actually, I just talked about it today. If you listen to the podcast, it's one of those things where I don't want to really dump on Mike because there's going to come a time when this guy who has done so much for the franchise, who has brought a Super Bowl championship to Green Bay, who has brought us win after win after win after win, a, a good person, a family man. Basically, he got sat down and he got fired. And I, I mentioned in the podcast tomorrow, but if you go watch the exit interview with Aaron Rodgers, the question is asked, you know, can you know, look, looking at the situation, there's a good chance Mike McCarthy isn't going to survive this season. How much blame does the offense take for him losing his job? And and look at Aaron Rodgers' reaction, man. This is not the face of a guy who purposely tanked to get this man out of out of Green Bay. I mean, he he buried his head. So I I you know, whatever. I it's it's for a reason that I've been trying not too hard to really dump on McCarthy because I knew this time would come. And um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this, but when I officially saw the news, as much as I've been wanting this and saying, you know, and and I, I even said I didn't say it publicly on Twitter, but I, I mentioned it in a comment. There's no reason not to move on after this game. And I, I even said he should he should be fired prior to the Cardinals game. But because there's still that chance we could make it, let's just write it out. But once we're officially eliminated, it's time to move on. And apparently Brian Gutekunst, who didn't really pull the trigger officially, but Mark Murphy officially agreed with that. And I think that's the right sentiment. Uh, I think that was the right move. And I, I, again, am happy with the leadership doing the right things. But anyways, um, you know, I I know Mike McCarthy doesn't listen to this podcast, but there is a very, very big part of me that is very, very sad uh, that that, uh, Mike McCarthy's gone. And it's a weird, I kind of knew it would happen. I kind of had a feeling it would be sad. I didn't think it would hit me this hard. Um, but, you know, as I'm going to talk about tomorrow, this is a painful thing. This is this is a painful process. The losing, the, the, the you know, watching the Packers lose to the Cardinals as much as I wanted them to lose after the first half. It's just, it's painful to actually see it. And um, we knew this was a part of the process, getting rid of Mike McCarthy. But, uh, man... That's that's just a that's a swift kid. You know, he he just he's he's a good guy. But anyways, um, he uh, he'll he'll land on his feet. He's a good coach. He's he's a very successful coach. He will have a job. And, and and listen, this the other thing is the reason you do this not only is because it's it's best for the Packers. I think it's best for Mike McCarthy. Give him a a a, a early opportunity before all these other head coaches and and coordinators and young bucks get out there and get get opportunities. Let him go start interviewing right away. Let him restart. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, pretty, pretty unfortunate. You know, he, he's, he's a human being. He has a job. He's done everything he can do to try to bring success to the team that we love. And he's done a great job doing it, but, uh, it's run its course and, um, best of luck to Mike McCarthy and his family. And, um, that's it. That's all I got. Five minute, four minute podcast. So, um, anyways, that's it. Uh, podcast will be released tomorrow morning.